This is Harry Hog Football. On today's show, we talk more about how Aaron still has a power outage out in Kentuckyana. We talk about the Redskins win against the Cardinals at home in D.C. We talk about the upcoming Dallas game, injuries, Tom's trivia, all of this, and much, much more live with Aaron, Josh, and John. Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Yo, yo, what's, up? what's happening? What's happening? Hail victory! Hail victory! Cardinals in the desert! Dude, there was no question we were going to win that game. The Cardinals never win in Washington. They're never going to win in Washington until they change their name to something that actually lives in Arizona. Like Cardinals in the spider. Scorpion. Scorpions yeah, or something. That's a good one. The Arizona Scorpion. Scorpions. Arizona Scorpions. Wait, the or- Arizona Rattlers. Oh, wait, that's already a team. I still like the Armadillos, but, you know. Armadillos. Arizona. How about the Arizona... Illegal Immigrants. Uh, <laughs> Arizona Arizona Canyon. The Arizona Border Hoppers. The Arizona Border Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to do with a cowboy hat and a gun. Is their mascot on the side of the helmet. And like one of those old like seventies uh, folding lawn chairs. <laughs> no, it should just be like a barbed wire fence, razor wire. Nice. And like an old jalopy International Scout, where they like used a plasma torch and cut off the roof and put or in like roll an AMC, like your dad used to have, <laughs> or like an A team van. All right, so the Cardinals. Anyway, back to football. So the Cardinals come to town and. Um, and there's a lot of back and yeah, they did get beat, but dude, it was a lot of back and forth. At least it was a good game to watch. I do it not recall that. Watch. What do you mean? Do not recall that. All I recall is scoreboard. We didn't stop them, dude. You can't do if you if you're looking at scoreboard, you have no reason just sitting on this podcast. Because we I thought that the defense did a very good job of controlling the high um octane offense and passing game of the Arizona Cardinals. Um I mean Border Patrol. I thought so and they gave up that one long touchdown which looked like it was Reed Dowdy who incidentally uh allegedly, you know, was limping after that play yeah. and I don't believe he played again after that. I believe he was out. And I don't know if you guys noticed it, but the safeties for the last quarter of the game were Chris Horton and Sean Springs. I did not notice that, dude. Dude, where was Landry? Land, no, Springs and Horton were, were flip-flopping. Oh, uh, so and Landry was, was in there playing, the whole time. So Horton was And I playing, think Springs was playing corner on, like, the nickel package and everything, but Rodgers and Smoot became, were playing, or Smoot was playing more, I should say. And, and Sean Springs was shifting into safety at times. I did know that, I did notice this, that the defense clamped down in the third and fourth quarters. Sure did. They were well, kind of the big thing was the run defense. The Redskins have been stout in run defense over the last few years. And no. mostly that's because the linebackers. And the linebackers, well, the defensive line and the linebackers were not – they were getting knocked off the line of scrimmage the whole first half, basically, giving up those five-yard runs, which was ridiculous to this team. And uh, in the second half, they you know, they made the adjustments in the, in the uh, locker room, both the offense, I think, and the defense, and they came back. Can we, uh, yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> Can I'm we? Sorry. I, I, I had a thought and I, and I, and I lost it. 
<laughs> did you lose your thought, kind of like the Cowboys are going to lose this weekend? Dude, oh, dude, yeah. Dude, do we really want to jump into that yet? All right, no. well, let, let's put that on the back burner just for a minute. Let's, let's, it's let's, hard uh, to put that on the back burner since that's like, you know, one of the two games a year we look forward to the most. We're merely hours away. Hours from away. Getting this, we're merely hours away from getting this podcast like posted on the website. <laughs> for those of you guys who didn't know, uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and the uh, Kentuckiana area was hit by the remnants of, what was it, Hurricane Ike? I don't know what it was. Like a week ago. About a week ago. but the, Over a week ago. It was about a week and a half ago of Hurricane Ike and a, a storm coming down from the Canadian uh, hinterlands. And Aaron was talking on the phone, and suddenly he was like, oh, crap, there's like these huge winds. These trees are bent in half. Oh, crap, my power line just got snapped in half. My power pole. So uh, I think <laughs> we touched power on that pole. a little bit in the last podcast. But anyway, Aaron, you just got your power back like a couple days ago at the most, or wasn't it? Tuesday, yeah, it was out for like nine days. And, and you then, still dude, I still don't have a phone, hence the problem with recording these podcasts and crap. And then I come to work where they said, yeah, dude, you can use the internet at work. So I log in here wirelessly, and it's going like one kilobyte a minute download. It's like slower than dial-up. Oh, yeah. Dude, so that's then, because you have a cowboy fan as the uh, the, the head of IT. Your IT guy's like, hey, hey I'm going to you know, screw it to him. So basically, and then I try to plug the computer like into the Ethernet line, and it won't work because there's some setting they have or whatever. Dude, so is, that the, is that the same IT guy that you played Hail to the Redskins through his hearing aid? <laughs> no, that's not the IT guy. That's some other old story. Dude, I, I know that story. you. That story's worth telling again because it is Cowboys Week, but we will hold on to that thought. The IT guy probably heard me play the Hail to the Redskins through that dude's hearing aid because he's probably got surveillance on, like, every single kind of communication that comes in and out of this building and is probably listening in right now. Well, that's what those some of those guys get off on that. Some of those guys are, like, really into that kind of thing, Dude, he's being probably, voyeuristic. He's probably and watching. some of them are not. Somebody's but... watching me. Anyway, the point of it is, dude, is if you oh. guys like, tip in on the website and like start donating, uh, maybe eventually I can get <laughs> internet run to my house and you will have, not won't have to listen to us complain anymore. And how much is that going to cost, Aaron? How much, Aaron, is it? Eight thousand dollars. Dude, I thought it was ten thousand dollars. No, they said I had to give them ten thousand dollars for them to do the job, and then they would give me back what was ever. Whatever was left over, but they thought it was going to be around eight thousand. What does that mean? You need to give us a buttload of money, and we'll give you back what we don't use. That means, yeah. that means when they're done with the job, they all go to the bar. And once they're done paying their tab, if there's anything left, they give it back out of that two grand. I don't know. I don't know, dude. But it's like a mile up Aaron's Road, up the side of a mountain, and so uh, anyway. I thought of some, I thought of a good idea for a fundraiser for it though. What's that? The Harry Hug football uh, video game we could uh, sell for um, to go towards uh, proceeds to get the cable internet. Dude, that is that is a good idea. Um, that is a really good idea. Maybe charge like a buck for it or something. Yeah. We do or, get a, we we are getting about fourteen thousand downloads a week. It looks like. Not dollars, or else I'd have cable internet. <laughs> if, if all 14,000 people that downloaded Harry Hog Football were to donate 99 cents, well, let's just call it a buck. 
We could uh, get Aaron his cable internet. So we, we could now. buy the Washington Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no, but we could Every throw a big party season for ticket everybody. holder. We could throw a huge Harry Hog party. <laughs> Dude, here's like red. Yeah, here's like a Redskins commercial. It'd be like Colt Brennan jersey, forty nine ninety nine. Jason Campbell jersey, seventy nine ninety nine. Art Monk jersey, priceless. You can't buy one. You can't buy one. <laughs> you can buy like a Daryl Pounds one and not an Art Monk. Daryl Pounds jersey. Anyway, let's get back to the game. All right, all right, so back to the game. So the Cardinals. So we had a uh, we, we had a, a great victory there, twenty-four to seventeen. It could have been a little bit. Uh, it could have been a little bit more of a spread between the, the point spread there. But, uh, yeah, you know, well, we step on higher with that uh, personal foul. If they didn't rip us off on that touchdown, see, I'm still not sure about that, Aaron. What I've been hearing, and I haven't seen the clips, the video clips of it since the actual game. I haven't seen any clips to know. But the word out uh, was that Stephon Hire was not flagged for hitting the guy; he was flagged for putting a forearm up into his chin. Dude, and that's what it looked like to me when I looked at the video. It looks like he, man, he was being pretty aggressive. Uh, which and Clint Portis, Clint Portis was interviewed afterwards. He was like, we can't make penalties like that if we want to, you know, con- continue to win in the football league, National Football League. But that guy was playing dirty the whole game, so he really deserved what he got. <laughs> but basically, he didn't want to throw Stephon Heyer under the bus because the whole reason he did it was because the play before that, actually the two plays before that, that same guy tackled him by like, Reaching his arm around him, like around his neck, and grabbing the front of his pads I know, and man. yanking it down. Yanked him down around, and that's what I said too when we saw it happen the first time. I was like, uh, I, I was talking to Amy, and uh, well, we were all there, right? Yeah, we were, we were at the uh, the, the Casa de Allen. That's right. Like, we were we were all there for it because I remember we were we were like looking at it, and it was like he probably was like, uh, "Dude, that's my running back you're messing with." You know. Yep. Got to protect your own. That's what it was. He was trying to. He just uh, hit him a little high. That's right. Yeah, this past week was a rare occasion when uh, the three of us actually got to sit down and watch the game together. So, Excellent. And they um, only started winning when I put the helmet on. Do what? They only started winning when I put the helmet on. Yeah, they only started getting points every time you put the helmet on. If we had the helmet on, man, it didn't work. Yeah, the kids' uh, Pop Warner League helmet, Redskins helmet. Yep. Nice. Um, I still can't believe you fit that on your head, dude. Oh, dude, I'd like to thank thank everyone that came out to the uh, Wings Bar signing on Sunday. The autograph signing at the uh, Farm Fresh on Independence Boulevard in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Yeah, thanks to everybody that came out and bought some of this fine um, hot wings. Chicken wings. How many people showed up for that? Purdue chicken wings. How many people showed up for that? I don't know. There was like a dozen or something. <laughs> a dozen. Wait. <laughs> there, like there was like a dozen. Were there? Wings. There was like a dozen wings there. <laughs> um, but yeah, Stefan Heyer got that penalty. And it, it sucked for Devin Thomas because he got his first touchdown, even though he did prance into the end zone doing that Deion Sanders hand-behind-the-head crap. So hopefully when he gets his real first touchdown in the NFL, he won't do that. And he'll actually get in the end zone before he celebrates. Do you think he gave that ball back, though, since it wasn't a real touchdown? I don't know. Probably. 
All I know is that he was he was wide open like it was a college game. Yep. Dude, no one covered him. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Cardinals defense in the second half, they were on their heels the entire time. Campbell and company were just just lacing into him. And the good thing about that play, you gotta look on the bright side, was even though that got called back, that gave the Redskins a chance to go with the long sustained drive with those continuous first and sec first downs con- converted to first downs, second downs converted to first downs. We didn't get to third down very much. Um, long sustained drive, eat up the clock, and then at the end of the game, which I know we're all impressed with, but Aaron, you you've been talking about this the last couple of games, how you know on plays where Gibbs would have you know run the ball up the gut three times and then punted. Yeah. What I was saying is the thing I'm liking about Jim Zorn is how he, at the end of a game, plays to win instead of playing not to lose. Dude, he smells blood, and he goes after it. Yeah, all right. Two weeks ago, it was fourth and whatever it was to get a first down to run out the clock, and he threw the little slant pass to Santana Moss. And then this week, it was third. I don't know what it was. Like third and two or third and three. And they totally set up the run, and he went. Was it like a naked little bootleg off to the side, and then he threw it to Chris? It was Chris off Cole. to the left, yeah. And it looked like Clinton Portis got the handoff, and it looked like he pretended to fumble. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. That yeah, Portis. you and I were looking at that. We were both like, oh, crap, he fumbled. And Josh was just like, what? Because, Josh, <laughs> you totally called that. He, he rolled out with the ball and still had it. We didn't even see that. And you just see Chris Cooley, like, charging down the field for, like, 20 yards. Man. Talk about yards after catch, man. The me, first one brings him down. To me, it's like the past couple of weeks, it's been interesting watching the, you know, watching the way that, uh, and, and I don't know if this is how, how Zorn is working with the quarterback, working with Campbell and the running backs and the receivers, but it's interesting to me. It seems there's been a change in the way that um, these transactions happen in the backfield, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's a handoff or whether it's that end around to Moss we saw a week ago or whether it's, uh, you know, these little fakes and, and little screens or whatever. It just seems like Campbell is handling the ball and not showing his hand. Um, he, you know, he's doing a better job at playing the part. And uh, <laughs> He ain't no Brad Johnson on those those nasty fake handoff pirouettes that he used to do. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, though? I mean, it seems, yeah. it seems like he's doing a much better job at, at faking people out. The, t- the, the, uh, the offense as a whole is doing a much better job at that. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if Zorn is specifically working on some of those uh, plays where they have to do a little, uh, a little dramatics, so to speak. I bet he is. Um, and I guess that could... <laughs> speaking of that, of Zorn... <laughs> Wait, who is that? Zorn. Dude, we don't have the sound effects. We don't effect. have sound effects, dude. We don't have them again. Oh, I'll see if I can throw it in here when we're when we're done, since I have to do some doctoring after this. Yeah. Uh, well, Zorn. 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 Um. <laughs> All right. Zorn. Well, good old Zorn. Um. I guess I can, speaking of that, let's go ahead, right ahead into the uh, kick in the balls, because I have a good kick in the balls. All right, well, hold on right here, because this is where the music goes. Oh, yeah. You know it. It's time. It's time, y'all. It's time for that ever-so-painful 
kicking the balls of worldwide. Yeah. All right, go ahead. All right, well, my kicking the balls is going to go into the uh, the number 14 who got laced into by Jim Zorn on the sideline. And we couldn't quite figure out what was going on because it was kind of confusing when the big play began because what it turned out to be on that field goal that Sweeza missed, that the play began prematurely because uh, <laughs> Durant Brooks gave the signal for the red snapper to give him the ball so Sweeza could kick the ball, and neither of them realized that the, the TV guy was still on the field. Like, they, they the play hadn't, they didn't even have the ball yet. Like, the ball hadn't been put down, and the whistle hadn't blown to start the play. And so Zorn was concerned, as we all saw on TV, that uh, Durant Brooks broke the uh, rhythm of Sean Sweezum, even though we all know he kind of sucks, and we figured he'd miss it anyway. Um, I was so my kick in the balls goes for him for not realizing that the uh, whistle had not yet blown to start the play when he called for the uh, snap on that ball. He's a rookie. Dude, seriously. Dude, he didn't I'm, know that the play had started. I'm going to go back to what I say every week. We need a quarterback holding the ball. Yeah, amen. All the way back to Theismann. We need the court. We need a backup quarterback to hold the ball. I don't That's understand. Cold. I've never understood it. Train Cola, man. What was that? Was what? What was what? I just heard some noise. Maybe it was the Suzanne's computer, as in we got new email. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's a uh, Pilar vacuuming the floors there. But, but seriously. They they need uh they they need to have you know Colt Brennan or somebody Todd Collins I mean Antoine Randall L somebody out there that can pass the ball or fake at least make them think that it could be a possibility because right now you know the defense is just sitting back they're they're just sitting on their on their laurels and on their haunches and just you know they they don't have to worry about that because they know it's not going to happen with the Redskins yeah. I mean, and, you know, I unless think, there's something I, we yeah. don't know, unless unless uh, Brooks doesn't, you know, unless he knows how to pass the ball. Yeah, truly. I mean. Well, like you were saying, he's a rookie, or Aaron was saying, he's a rookie. It's a mistake he's not going to make again. But, wow, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone make that mistake before. That was bizarre. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. So we had. Uh, uh, so so, who's who are your kicks, guys? Um, uh, my kick is gonna go to. Um, 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 the refs. They sucked. <laughs> they caught so many bad penalties. It wasn't even funny. On both teams. For example, dude, you got to qualify that. You can't be a Cowboys fan and just say that. You got to qualify it. All right. The um. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh. The late hit. The late hit. I'm I'm not so sure that was a bad call. Uh. Uh. Oh, I know, dude. The one, what right. Carlos Rogers? They they flagged him for an unsportsmanlike on a third down for throwing the guy down out of bounds at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. When that his arms were at his sides because he just let the guy go and the, the their momentum carried them out of bounds in that fashion. He didn't really throw him down. 
Yeah, that's one reason. And then the other reason is the Stefan Heyer thing. Even if that was like, um, you know, unnecessary roughness, it had nothing to do with the play. So why didn't they just penalize it like after the play? By rule, we can't do that. So what? <laughs> do it anyway. You just make crap up as you go along. Those refs were making me mad, and I'm sure they were making Cardinals fans mad. Like that one with uh, Kurt Warner where I think he still had time on the clock, and they called it a uh, delay of game, and it made him punt. But you really care about that? I'm just saying they were bad on both sides. They sucked, All and right. they get Picking the Balls Award for September the 25th. To the refs. Okay. Challenge. Well, my, let's see, I'll give mine, my Kicking the Balls Award. I'm just going to give it as a general Kicking the Balls, which I normally don't do, but I'm going to give it generally to special teams for the Redskins. Because I just feel like they're slacking. I feel like they need some work. They need to tighten up. And I don't know if that's, oh, what's-his-face, Danny, whatever. Um, and you guys feel free to disagree with me here. But No, go ahead. Go ahead. To me, it just seems they're kind of all over the place. Like, for instance, um, we never we never seem to have a wedge on a, when we receive a ball. You know? there's ne- There never seems to be anybody to follow. There's always, like, you know, either Randall L. trying to dance back there because they're swarmed already, or... Yeah, you know, it just on, on a kickoff. There's no. It just seems like everybody just kind of spreads out. Maybe that's just his style. I don't know. Um, and then you know, when we're on uh, the kicking team, it just seems like we, we're having a hard time bringing guys down. Um, you know, we're, we're letting we're letting them gain a lot of a uh, lot of ground, and they're, they're ending up with great field position. I think that's getting better though, because I think Brooks. Well, needs um, and you know, I saw some of. Frost punting. I forget what team he's on now. I saw a couple of Frost punts over the weekend. And, yeah, he boomed the heck out of him for like 60-something yards, but he totally outkicked his coverage. And the thing with Brooks, and he got much better in this game, he's he's getting it inside the 20. He's placing the ball. I think he's just going to get better and better, but he still gets my kick this week for that dumb-ass move. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I know what you mean, watching Frost over in Green Bay. You know, honestly, I don't know. We'll see if, if Brooks gets better and better, but... Uh, watching Frost in Green Bay, I'm like, you know, some some of these times I'm wishing we had Frost back. So, I don't know. Just me. I'd rather have a short 42-yard kick or punt, get fair caught because the coverage was with it, than have it go 62 yards and the guy run it back 40. All right. And that's what uh, that's the problems that Frost seems to be having. Yeah. He's still he's more about booming the ball and showing that he's manly than uh, actually trying to uh, kick it smart. So I do not regret the decision. He gets my kick in the balls, but I think he's going to get better. Okay. All right, well, let's move on to game balls then. Oh, yeah, y'all. Yeah, that's right. You know what time it is. Everybody wants them, but only a lucky few can get them. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. What we're talking about here is the ever-elusive Game Ball Awards. Game balls. What we got? All right. I give my game ball to number 22, Carlos Rogers. Who incidentally, like right, <laughs> I think it was about halftime where we were like, well, we know who's getting the group kicking the balls for this game. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you got to give him the game ball when you can, don't you? But yeah, yeah, truly. 
Plus, after he after he intercepted that pass in the uh, third or fourth quarter, whenever it was, it basically turned the game around. It like sealed the deal, so to he speak. He had the wherewithal to get up and run. Dude, and what sucks is you're giving him the game ball right after we just came out with those. Uh, we just printed up all those Cut Carlos T-shirts. <laughs> no wonder we don't make any money. Seriously. That's right. Those will probably be up for sale again next week. <laughs> And he also had that fumble recovery earlier in the game. He had a good game. He did. He did. He did give up a touchdown, but, you know. But, you know, he is Carlos Rogers. Yeah. Um, Cut. That was to be expected. All right, so um, game balls, game balls. So Aaron's got Carlos Rogers. What do you got, John? Um, Man, mine's got to go to Santana Moss. He did lead the team with a... In receptions, he was tied with Cooley. He had uh, 75 yards, which is three more yards than Cooley. He had that awesome touchdown on that screen. Great call, great blocking. I mean, dude is so small, he just, like, squirted through there. He's like, Whoop! and there he was in the end zone. Like, people oh, were yeah, that was like, awesome. trying to get him, and he was just going under him. That screen did kick. That screen was I... awesome. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite plays of the whole game. Yeah. And, uh... You know, I, he definitely gets my game ball with a shout to uh, Jason Campbell. Oh, yeah, Jason Campbell had an excellent game. Yeah. No interceptions. I think his quarterback rating was somewhere around 100. It is 112.2. Was it really? Which is funny because Antoine Randall threw that one uh, pass, and his, his rating is uh, 112.5. <laughs> 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 However, anyway. Kurt Warner was only 81.5. Man, talk about someone who whines. Didn't he whine the entire game? He did a lot of he did a lot of moaning out there. Like mm-hmm. yelling at the refs and yelling on the sidelines. He was getting pretty pissed off. But uh, you know. That's what happens when you lose. <laughs> well, let's see. Um game balls. Something I've been thinking about, I don't know if it's just an overdue game ball, because I was thinking about it this week. You know, you could give, I could give a game ball to Chris Cooley. He was certainly valuable in this game. Um, and, uh, you know, you think about guys like uh, um, Andre Carter. I mean, uh, defensive players that, you know, uh, stood up and made big plays. Everybody seemed to be gelling a lot better uh, coming together in this in this past game. Um and I think I'm going to give a game ball, and maybe a little uh, off color, just a little bit here. But I mean, I'm going to give it to um, I'm going to give it to uh, Todd Yoder. Um, nice. Just because Todd Yoder seems to be forgotten quite a bit, and um, it seems to me that whenever we bring Todd Yoder in, suddenly it's like he makes some big play, and they were like, "That was Todd Yoder." That's yeah, the thing. he's the forgotten for guy, man. He's he always open because of that. And 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 so you know, I was kind of thinking about it like Todd Yoder. You know, <laughs> every every time we see him, I'm like old man Yoder. I mean, it's you know, it's Todd Yoder. John, dude, John was like, he's always open because of that. He's always not, open not because of his physical or athletic ability or anything. <laughs> he's no, he's always open guy. because no one ever covers him. Everybody's like, oh, it's just Todd Yoder. And then he like catches a touchdown pass. I mean, yeah, it's like the they third linebacker. <laughs> that was Yoder. 
And I always think that he's Chris Cooley at first because I see the seven. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he looks kind of like Chris Cooley, you know, from a, in the uniform from a distance. He does, and sometimes I'll be like, that was Chris Cooley. And I'll be like, oh, no, it was Todd Yoder. Yeah. But, you know, it's usually after he made a big play, I'm always like, Cooley, oh, Yoder. So, <laughs> the 90-plus at FedEx Field are like, cool, Yoder. <laughs> Cool, cool. Speaking of tight ends, have you guys seen Fred Davis in the game recently? I think he was active for the last for, for this last game, but I don't believe he got on the field except for special teams. Maybe I really don't know. What about Fincher uh, the clincher? Was he active? He was active. Um, I don't think he played. I didn't see him. Fincher he played special teams. Was not credited with anything. Dude, As Fincher well. needs to step up. He needs to start clinching and get excited again. <laughs> You need to start clenching those cheeks. Clincher <laughs> the clincher. All right, can we finish talking about the Arizona game? Because I'm too pumped about Dallas. Because what's coming up? Yeah, I guess we're done talking about it. So yeah, let's um, let's before we get into before we get into Dallas, let's talk about some injuries real quick. Um, there were a couple injuries this past week. Um, one we Sloppy. talked about. Uh, we talked about briefly Reed Dowdy came off the field limping and didn't go back in, so who knows what's up there. Yeah, um, he, he wasn't playing there at the end of the game. Yeah. And then there's the big Jason Taylor injury where they said that he might have been able to die if he didn't get it taken care of. What was yeah, that? Really, they were saying it could have been career-threatening and, like, a possibility of death, but that was really, I think that's what, really overblowing. What was the deal? He had a bunch yeah. of blood pool up in his, his calf. It was called compartment syndrome. And if you don't drain the blood out, the pressure can cause nerve damage and death mm-hmm. of nerves. And, and paralysis. Are you serious, dude? And it could cause amputation of the limb. Dude, he would yeah. not be able to play if that happened. Um. <laughs> yeah, so basically he went to the hospital at like 2 or 3 in the morning. And he was like, uh, well, let me see what my people have to say about it in the morning. And they're like, uh, no, you need to let us operate right now. And then he called the team doctor at like five in the morning. Doctor, uh, what's his name? Famous dude. Yeah, I know who you're talking uh, about. James Andrews. Yeah, James Andrews called him, and he was like, "Um, you need to get off the phone right now so they can operate." Or I don't know if he came in and operated or what, but he was like, "You need to get off the phone right now. This should have already been done." But but supposedly he's going to be okay. He's only out a week. No, they said now indefinitely. What? They said it could be, could one, be a week. It could be month. two months. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah, they don't. They said it all depends on how his uh, body reacts to what happened. I guess. Well, I, I would say he's um, he's pretty uh, he's a pretty healthy guy. You would think. Dude, he's a beast. I think we're gonna be. We're definitely gonna get a steady diet of Demetric Evans and Chris Wilson out there this week. That's for sure. Yeah. And and maybe your ass must be Dragon James. Maybe your ass must be Dragon. <laughs> We will see. We will see. Well, Hopefully, we'll, we don't get a steady dose of T.O. and Jason Witten. We'll do yeah, a lot. Um, we don't know for a fact that Jason Taylor is one of our uh, valued listeners. But, uh, Jason, if you're listening, feel better, man. And don't do any dancing while you're out this week. Keep your leg up. And, dudes, not to bring up some morbid point, but what's up with dudes named Taylor on our defense and leg injuries that turn serious? Dude, what's up with this? Well, yeah, seriously, because also, you know, not to say that, but, um, you know, Jason Taylor hadn't missed a game in, what, 135 games or something like that? 
133 games. He comes to yeah. Washington, immediately gets a knee injury, almost misses the opener. Then this happens to him. Well, he's also getting old. Yeah, but is it like a black cloud over like his locker in FedEx Field? I mean... Dude, I don't know what it is. Hopefully, they, know. hopefully they changed it. They didn't just leave Sean Taylor's locker there with the name Taylor on it and give it to Jason Taylor. Dude, all I know is this. Is that the Cowboys are not going to have any excuses this week when they get beat when we're a man down. Absolutely. On, on, that right. note, on that note, let's move into the Cowboys game. It, oh, wait, it, let me give the injury report from uh, Redskins.com real quick, guys. Oh, yeah, because they're always really good about that. Go ahead. Are, are you ready for it? Yes. Can I guess? Philip Daniels and Alex Busby. Are both out, but they've added one more to this list. Matt Who? Sinclair Matt is, out, is with out with a back injury. With a back injury. Right. <laughs> are you kidding? They actually updated that? That's it. He's on there. Dude, seriously. Didn't he I get cut? That kind of... I, all I got to say is if I was Eastern's Automotive Group, who apparently sponsors the injury report, I'd be pissed. At Eastern Motive. Dude, all I have to say is this. Redskins.com are bigger slackers than we are. <laughs> yeah, no lie. Except they try to be all, like, not slack. And we're just slack naturally. Hey, speaking of slackers... Yeah, Josh, tell John your stuff. story. Tell John your B. Lloyd story. Oh, dudes, dudes. Um, <laughs> uh, on the way back, driving from Virginia to uh, Carolina, um, we stopped at this Cracker Barrel restaurant, which, by the way, every time I stop at a Cracker Barrel, there's always Redskins fans in Cracker Barrels. I don't know what it's about, but there were like three or four Redskins fans wearing caps or jerseys or whatnot. And, uh, and there was this one Dallas fan who, by the way, did get joked by me. Um, <laughs> nice. By me. Yeah, he was shoving a biscuit down his throat, and I went up and joked him. Um, <laughs> Dude, if that was my Cracker Barrel, it'd be like in Star Wars. I'd be like, we don't serve his kind. <laughs> <laughs> we don't serve your kind here. I just walked up and said, dude, what is that hat? Um. Anyway, I was in the Cracker Barrel store, and I happened to notice these glazed pecans that they had for sale. And I took a picture. We'll try to get it up here on the podcast for you. B. Lloyd's glazed pecans. So, supposedly, Brandon Lloyd went to Chicago, as all of our um, rejects do when they when they leave the Redskins after we spend a bunch of money on them and kick them out. Dude, he um, made a touchdown on special teams. We didn't even we didn't even get anything for him. Dude, I know. He was a total waste of money. He makes money off his glazed pecans, and now he's in Chicago. So so it's Beloy's glazed pecans. It's spelled the same and everything. But apparently they've been around for like, I don't know, 80-some years or something. Um, so there, there's the little Beloy's story. Yeah, he's probably about to sue him. Yeah, exactly. He's a classic guy. He should have gone to the Cowboys. He's perfect for the Cowboys. Well, when you open the package, there's a uh, there's a rap song that plays. Um <laughs> Dude, speaking Is of, it called I Suck? No, it's called I'm Glazed. I'm Glazed. <laughs> so, so, dudes, seriously, about the Cowgirls game coming up this week, what do you think our yeah. chances are for pulling off a W in Big D? Dude, honestly, honestly, uh, I think it's going to be a tough, tough game. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Redskins go on their last trip down to uh, Texas Stadium and, uh, you know, Jump all over those cowboys. 
about them cowboys? How about them cowboys? Um, you know, I hope that's the case. You know, I hope they look, uh, it's a nice sunny day, and they're able to look up through that roof that was supposed to be there um, and uh, and have a great game. But did you guys watch the Cowboys game this past week? I saw some oh, of it. They're pretty, I, I mean, you know, most people agree that they are the best or one of the best teams in the NFL right now, and I can't disagree with that. They're, they're a solid team right now. I cannot disagree with it either. And, and you know, I was, I was even uh, – you know, I hate to say it, but I was impressed, Jessica Simpson or not. Tony Romo was, was playing really well. And it just made me think, you know, the D is really going to have to step up um, and get in there and put the pressure on Romo, getting through their mm-hmm. offensive line. Um, got to put the pressure. We have got to get more pressure on the quarterback because we are still, the front four is not getting in there enough. Exactly. And if Romo's got time to throw to all those receivers and Jason Witten, Dude, it's, it's, it's not going to be pretty. That's uh, between Witten and Barber. I mean, I, you know, I was watching, uh, you know, watching his release. Dude, he's got a quick release. And I just, you disagree? Go ahead, talk about it then. Cowboys suck. Dude, that's you can't just make a general statement. I'm trying to say, you know, I think that we can't just say Cowboys suck and go in. We all know Cowboys suck, but I mean, we can't just go into the to this game saying, "Oh, we're going to go in and just beat them like crazy." Because I, I think we really got to play hard, and, and the defense has really got to step up this week. They can't give Romo the time. He's got a quick release anyway. They can't give him time to sit back in there and, and you know check down and make all of his, his choices. Yeah, I think we're going to need to see a little bit more blitzing from the defense this time around. Because Blosh does not like to uh, blitz, apparently, because we almost never see it. And, and there's got to be pressure. And it does just suck. Take the secondary apart. It does suck from a defensive end standpoint that we're not going to have Jason Taylor going into this game because you know it would have been nice to see you know two uh, defensive ends coming in on a blitz, um, you know doing some kind of combination with a uh, safety blitz or I mean there, there's just you know that would that would have been nice to see but I mean we'll see how the guys you know step in for them and and see how that goes but. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little concerned about the game. Of course, I will go into it optimistically and positive as possible, as I always do. But uh, other than that, I'm just going to joke a bunch of Cowboys fans this week and hope for the best. Well, I think we need to. I think we have to be concerned because the NFC East is, is by and large, the toughest division in the NFL yet again. Yeah. Um, and and all the teams are solid right now and and like you said you know some of the bandwagon people are starting to be like well i kind of said the redskins would be pretty good right already um yep i mean i had a, me- I had a meeting this evening and the guy was like the guy was like dude you're a redskins fan you must be pretty happy right now the way they're playing and i'm you know and i'm going okay i'm like no they lost the game i'm like breaking it down going <laughs> well i'm not saying that yet you know what i'm saying I'm seeing it come together. Kind of, it's on a game by game basis. It's guarded optimism because we got we got the weapons on offense, and if Thomas keeps on emerging and doesn't get a uh, two offensive pass interference penalties in this game, <laughs> mm-hmm. he very well could step in as the number three receiver. Now, I mean, he's he's there. Dude, we need him to step I, up. I, I, almost off gave him my kick. I almost gave him my kick. So let's. I'll give him a mini kick for that. By the way, dude, here's the story. Here's what's going to happen. The Redskins are going to go in there, and Andre Carter is now going to get double teamed. So basically, the Cowboys are going to shut down the pass rush, which means we have to rely on 
Sean Springs and Leron Landry to cover T.O. and hope that number 22 and 27 can somehow cover the other receivers. Now, the good sign is uh, Patrick Creighton drops more balls than Carlos Rogers. And uh, <laughs> their third receiver, what's his name, Miles Austin, I think. Dude, he's starting to step up. So if they can, those two dudes can cover them. That leaves Jason Witten. And hopefully, hopefully, somehow, our um, linebackers. I got good faith in Rocky McIntosh as far as that's concerned. So he's the one that's going to be covering him. I guarantee it. Now, I'm also concerned, like John was saying earlier, about Bruiser Marion Barber just bashing through there like what's-his-face did on the first week from the Giants. Who, yeah, what's his Brandon Jacobs. Jacobs yeah, that big, like, bruising running back. And I'm not too worried about Felix Jones coming around the end. He's fast as crap, but I think we can handle him. Well, I think our linebackers are going to have to be on their guard, too. I mean, they're going to have to watch for that kind of stuff. Yeah, the D-line's basically what it comes down to is they cannot give up five five yards a run yeah. on first down. Like oh, yeah, because we're Cardinals in the we're first done. half. Because against this team, it's going to be eight yards or worse a run compared, and to, compared, on the, got, compared to the Cardinals. They've got to step up. The D-line's got to get a push on the running plays, and the linebackers have got to flow with the line. They can't get all washed up and caught up because that's where those guys get the big gains going around the ends. Yeah. And in, uh-huh. watching, and in watching the Dallas game this past week, you know, I think we're really going to have to look out for the screen. They seem to be very successful in their, their short screens. Um, Which sucks because Jason Taylor is the master of breaking those up. I know. And, master. you know, they, yeah. were, they were very successful at doing that uh, this past week. Um, that, you know, uh, they would uh, they would run these short little slants and end up getting a little yardage, you know, a lot of yardage out of them. Um, so, you know, I think we're going to have to watch their, their short passing game. Um, as well, I mean, I just think it's going to be a, a game where we're just going to have to be on our toes. The Redskins are just going to have to, you know, all yeah. day long be watching for this stuff. Do yeah, well, we can't forget that last year, if it weren't for that pick at the end of the game, the Redskins very well could have won at Dallas last year. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys remember, Jerry Jones went down to the sideline and was pacing the sideline. You could see he was so nervous that the Redskins were going to come back and win this game. He was sweating it. And if it weren't for that pick, we probably would have taken the lead and won that game. I mean, it was that kind of game. It was in hand. Um, well, dude, anyway. This back game to- is not possible. Santana Moss is a Cowboy killer. Oh, yeah. just those Who two is work- stepping up? The secondary of the Cowboys. They're, they're, the front seven of the Cowboys is pretty tough, but their secondary is weak. I wish Roy Williams hadn't broken his forearm because I wish he would be in the game because he is, well, he's always been overrated, but he is well past his prime, and he is he's a hindrance a, to that defense, but he's out, unfortunately. He's Santana um, Moss's, uh, uh play toy. Yeah, uh, seriously. It's like it's like a dog and a rope toy. You just, you know, mash him around and twist him around and shake his head and then throw him off to the side. It's like his June bug on a string. Here's a question, though. Um, will will Carlos Rogers be able to step up and keep up against uh, number eighty one? Like I already said, he who I, who I shall not name. What? Dude, no Springs is going to be on him most of the game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, dudes, we need to give a mini shout out to Springs for that game last week too, because they how many times announce- did they call his name? Twice. They threw it the first time. They- yeah. The first time was a pass, 
pass defended. And the second time was a pass, and he almost defended it. He tipped it. It just unluckily yeah, went straight up, and the receiver got in anyways. I mean, he was tight that Dude, game. Dude, that's true. He deserves he deserves a sort of a unanimous little game ball for that. He was on. And, you know, I criticize him a lot because he's hurt all the damn time. But he was he was really good in that game. So. He was looking good. And then uh, back, back to the uh, Dallas game, seriously, dudes. On the offensive side of the ball, I'm a little worried about how Jason Campbell is going to handle this 3-4 defense of the Cowboys. Good um, point. I think the Giants ran some of that stuff, and you know how he looked in that game. Right. And the Cowboys are going to use DeMarcus Ware, you know, coming from the linebacker position. Well, it's going to be a matter of, of someone like, you know, the line, the offensive line has got to pick up their blocks. People like Sellers and Portis when they're back on pass protection. Um, we know Portis is awesome at that. Um, Sellers has got to, you know, pay attention and be there. Yoder. Um, they, they just got to make sure they don't the get ball. fooled by that stuff. The old man in the middle, um, uh, specifically Raybach and, um, and um, uh, Kendall, uh, they, they can't let those guys slip in between them because that happened a couple times last week. That that dude that was playing dirty, that higher housed in that on that play, um, they they've gotta they they gotta tighten it up. And Campbell's been really good about letting the pressure flow by and stepping up in the pocket. He's the he's been smooth. Weeks. He's not keeping the ball. You know how he used to flat the ball out on everything, like Three he lets weeks the ago. ball kind of hang out in his hand. Mm-hmm. But John, so I'm saying is not, he's been doing that. John, yeah, can you hear me? What I'm saying yep. is he's been doing that good the last two weeks, but when he played the Giants with 3-4, he sucked. He held on the ball forever. Yeah, dude, I know. That's what I'm afraid of. Like, the last two weeks have been so positive. I'm so afraid that, that we're going to go into Dallas for this 415 national game, and everyone's just going to be all tight, like like they're going to they're gonna be all uh, all nervous and, and tight, and they're not going to play the game they played the last two weeks. Everyone's been, like, like free and flowing with it and good to go and and I'm I'm really concerned that that everyone's going to basically seize up like an engine with no oil. And Durant Brooks is going to punt the ball somehow before it gets hiked. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's going to he's going go to go to kick the ball and the ball's not going to come to him and he's going to do a Charlie Brown kick. He's going to hurt himself. And Brown is brought in to be the punter. Dude, what else do we have on this? Oh, by the way, I got to give a shout out to um, David Lee for the Dallas Sucks flag, which will be raised for the first time outside of my house before yes. Sunday's game. Only then to be shipped to either Josh or John, whoever wants it for the next game. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fold it up like a triangle, like they do the American flag. <laughs> anyway, shout out to David for that flag. It's awesome. Solid. And it will be to the Hall of Fame. Literally be, hundreds of pictures of it floating oh yeah. around this country now. It will be used for extra power for the Dallas game. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, what else we got on this itinerary? Let's oh, see. Next? Um, the uh, Redskins beat Dallas. Oh, I know. It's time uh-huh. for... It's time for Tom's Trivia. You have it? Yep, it's going right here. Here we go. Yep, that's right. You know what time it is now. Our man in the field brings you all the best trivia questions about the Washington Redskins. Here he is live every week calling in on the hog line. 
Tom's Trivia! Hey guys, it's Tom calling with another episode of Tom's Trivia. Uh, we are now 2-1 after beating the Cardinals last week and ready for Big D in Dallas this Sunday. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I don't really like our chances, but if we hang close, I'll be actually pretty happy with that, all things considered. Um, all right, well, uh, here we go. Just to remind you, this is a question from last week. Actually, it's two weeks ago, but uh, since there were technical difficulties last week, the question never made it through, or the uh, answer never made it through. So here we go. To remind you, the question was, who was the last person to play a regular season game for the Washington Redskins and then go on to another team and score a touchdown in the Super Bowl? And not counting someone throwing a pass. It had to be physically scoring it themselves. And the answer to the question, uh, unfortunately, nobody got it right. So I apparently stumped all of Redskins Nation. But the answer to the question is Desmond Howard, drafted by the Redskins in 1992, played there for a few years, stunk, and then moved on, and eventually went to, uh, I don't know if he went immediately to Green Bay or not, but at Green Bay he scored a uh, kickoff return for a touchdown in the Super Bowl against the Patriots and ended up, I believe, being MVP. So, uh, you know, that's, I hate him here, but I guess he was good enough to be MVP of a Super Bowl somewhere else. All right, and here comes the new question for the week. It is actually one I wanted to ask last week, and I'll ask it again just because I wanted to ask it. Um, it is about Jim Zorn and his first win as head coach of the Redskins. And the question is, since 1980, name all the coaches first wins as Redskins coaches. Um, basically, there have been a whole bunch of coaches for the Redskins since 1980, and some of them have coached elsewhere before. When they came here, who did they beat for their first win? If you can give me games and scores and years, that'd be great. Uh, and there's a handful of coaches. I'm sure you know them all. But everybody from 1980 on. All right, best of luck. Uh, good luck to the Redskins this week. And uh, as soon as the podcast posts, I will ask, uh, put the question online. And uh, send your emails in with your uh, emails or phone calls with your questions or guesses or questions or, you know, answers or anything else you need. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. How's the Redskins? All right. So there you have it. If you know the answer to Tom's trivia this week, um, you can send, a, send an email in to tom at harryhogfootball.com. Or, even better yet, what's that number, John? Uh, the Harry Hog. Hog line number is 206-203-1566. That's 206-203-1566. If you leave a message, um, because it is it goes straight to a voicemail, so you don't have to worry about calling us at 3 in the morning all drunk and um, <laughs> then waking someone up. It goes straight to voicemail 24 hours a day. And if your message is good enough, um, or if you get the answer correct, or the first one with the correct answer, um, you may be featured on the next podcast. Also, not to mention the uh, the listener this really season. Funny. Go ahead. Oh listening. no, I was just saying. Or if your message is really funny, yeah, or bizarre, or funny or not, I don't. We don't care. Leave a message. We'll put you on here. Um, the uh, the person who answers the most correct Tom's trivia questions this season. Um, will receive uh, a physical piece of Redskins memorabilia, and we won't 
tell you what that is. We'll just surprise you when we mail it to you. Um, is it a seat from RFK Stadium? No, it's nothing that cool. But you might think it's cool, and uh, you might not. You might think this sucks, and you give it to, like, your bastard stepchild or something. But um, anyway, there it is. But it, it is it is an older piece of memorabilia. It is. It's an older piece. It's an older piece. It's not like... Uh, is, we're not talking, I, like, 19... You know, 1937 old or anything like that. Um, I've never... What? Is it Mark Bruno's yellow cake from the 1999 uh, game against... (laughs) (laughs) It is not Joe Salavea's socks. Dude, that that is definitely an older piece, huh? Nasty. Is it Jeff George's game-worn jersey from training camp? Dude, Jeff George never played for the rest of the If we gave somebody Jeff George's jersey, if we gave somebody that, they would send it back. One of the biggest wastes of talent in the history of football. Anyway, moving on, dudes. Uh, Josh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's time for the uh, next and last segment of the podcast. You think so? I think so. You got Where it? Are you now? <laughs> Bernie? <laughs> All right. Um. Okay, so uh, this... this the um, was really suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so since we're talking about it, this week's uh, Where Are You Now? Goes out to Jeff George. <laughs> uh-uh, for real? Yeah, dude. Where's Jeff nice. George? Where's Jeff George who refused to... Um, who refused to sign autographs at the training camp in 2000 for Aaron? He didn't refuse to sign autographs. He just refused to sign mine for some reason. Yes, he, there were like three of us standing there, and or four of us, and he signed everybody else's, and Aaron held out his hat or something, and he looked at Aaron and just like walked away. <laughs> did you fart? Dude. <laughs> did, did like he start to reach out his hand, and you are like, what? No, like, I looked at him Did he get a funny like, wrinkle in his nose or something? I looked at him like, okay, jerk. Thanks a lot. Dude. And then I don't think he played another snap for the Redskins because he got my curse. <laughs> Dude, the curse you, of Aaron. Do you realize that uh, Jeff George bounced around like a pinball to nine teams during his career? Wow. Did he play for the Vikings twice? No, he played for the Raiders twice. Well, Raiders. yeah, I think he did come back to the Vikings um, at the end of his career. But, yeah, he played for the Colts, the Falcons, the Raiders, the Vikings, the Redskins, the Seahawks. The Bears. Played for the Seahawks? Went to the Seahawks. Um, well, he was signed by the Seahawks? He was signed by the Seahawks, but he did not see any playing time with the Seahawks. In, yeah, in 2002, basically everybody thought he was retired after Washington. Um, but oh, yeah, then he tried to make a comeback, I remember. Yeah, yeah, he went to the Seahawks then. He was signed um, as like an emergency situation quarterback. But he never saw a snap. So he's with the Seahawks then, um, and then in 2004 he went to the Bears. He basically took two years off. I don't know what he did for two years, but two Bears. Years, yeah, he went to the Bears, dude. Dude, he probably started a car dealership like every football player. Yep. I don't know. Oh, no, that guy's a turd, man. I'm glad he's gone. Yeah, I couldn't stand him. He was <laughs> mental. He was kind of like schizophrenic or something. So then, so then, dude takes another year off, basically. Because, like, he couldn't get a contract in 2005. So, but then somehow in 2006, he ends up going back to the Raiders. 
And, wow. Um, well, that's not surprising. Talk about a dysfunctional franchise. But but here's the deal. He only lasted there for five days. <laughs> <laughs> Al Davis was like, I need you to change my diaper. <laughs> Take off my diaper. They, 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 they were basically like the third string quarterback needs to change his diaper for him. I want Jeff George and his yellow cake to change my diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Bo Jackson? But but dudes, uh, <laughs> now now according to now I'm getting some of this information from from Wikipedia, which anybody can look up. But I was kind of going through some different sites <clears throat> on the web. Uh, but uh, and I know Danny put something up this past week. Uh, longtime listener since episode three, Danny said that. Well, uh, word. No, no, he said he hates Wikipedia. I don't know why. Because they lie on there, dude. Well, you have to you have to sort through it and make a decision as to what's true and what's not. Right. Can we go to the Dallas Cowboys Wikipedia page and just change it to say Cowboys suck? You can, but somebody has to go and confirm it and stuff. Anyway. Uh, well, that's going to be subtle. Like, we'd have to add an S to every time Dallas is on there and see if anyone <laughs> Um. Anyway, uh, supposedly Randy Moss and uh, Jeff George are really good friends. And, uh, anyway. Really? Yes. Yes. Um, but here's the deal. Like, in 2007, Jeff George supposedly wanted to make another comeback. Um, <laughs> dude, after, like, two comebacks. Dude, already. man, he's worse than, uh, what's his face, Sylvester Stallone making these Rocky movies. And, and, and I'm just going to quote what this says, because it, this it did come from Wikipedia here, but I found it quite funny. Um <laughs> Basically, uh, he decided to make a comeback with the Minnesota Vikings, where he where he used to play back in the day, because uh, he played for the Vikings. Uh, I guess what ninety eight, ninety nine, or something like that. So, uh, and here's the quote: Unfortunately, unfortunately, Vikings head coach Brad Childress literally laughed out loud at the notion of the thirty nine year old quarterback returning to the team. There you go. Well, I don't know. He's got that. Did he like bench Tavares Jackson already? And he put in the Gus Bus, who was incidentally yeah. starting for his what I think eighth, seventh, or eighth NFL team, not playing like Jeff George did or signing. Actually, starting has started games for seven or eight NFL teams. I forget how many. Um, he's one behind the record held by Chris Chandler, who Dude, is he's the gotta uh, be close the uh, Bill Negro of football. How old is uh, Gus Farad? He's got to be closing in on that age. 37 or so, somewhere around there. Anyway. I don't know if he can remember since, you know, back in the day when he knocked himself out in that game. (laughs) I still remember that me and my friends at that Seahawks game in 1994 were the ones to start the chant, We Want Gus, which incidentally ended Heath Shuler's playing days. In Washington. Nice. Dudes, we've had a history of that because you and I were at Norv Turner's last game. And after he put in the kicker who couldn't kick past 40 yards to kick the 44-yard field goal, which fell short. I think it was Eddie Murray. Um, yeah, Eddie Murray, which fell well short. Because um, if you guys out there may remember, we had two kickers on our roster. Two! Um, in any event, yeah, on driving back, we were just like, dude, if he doesn't get fired tonight, we, we don't know what we're going to do. We were dude, just flabbergasted. You. It was like, what are you... We literally we were in the upper deck, of course, 
and everyone was just standing on up like, what are you doing? No, everyone else just got up and left before he even tried to kick it. <laughs> dude, all I have to say is the curse of Aaron. Well, dudes, uh, look, let me finish up on Jeff George here. Because um, <laughs> he just won't go away. He's like long, a boy. Where are you now? I guess like apparently, a apparently he spent some time <laughs> doing some things on the NFL network. Um, really? Yeah. Um, but so personal. I, I found it interesting to look. I didn't realize that he was the number one overall pick in the 1990 NFL draft. Yeah, he was. He was. He was he the S H I T man. I did not realize that, dude. That's why wow, he didn't he's so much talent. And um, and and I find it interesting if you look like where he played. Um, actually, again, going back to the Wikipedia stuff on him, they do a pretty good job of showing who preceded him and who succeeded him on all of the different teams where he played. Um, really, and you got names on there. I mean, it's funny, like you know. He's in Oakland, and he was uh, preceded by Jeff Hostetler, but he was succeeded by Rich, <laughs> by Rich Gannon. Um, really, two yeah. X Redskins. Yeah. Then you go. Then he goes to Minnesota. He's preceded by Randall Cunningham, and he's huh. and he's succeeded by Dante Culpepper. Um, then he goes to Washington. He's preceded by Brad Johnson, and he's succeeded by Brad Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, Who incidentally is still a backup in Dallas. Then, What's that? Who incidentally yeah, that old man Johnson yeah, yeah. still the backup in Dallas. But, but, but even though got, he claims to be a longtime Redskins fan, but then he went to Dallas to end his career. But, but that was in the year 2000. Then he goes to 2001, he's still in, in D.C., and he's preceded by Brad Johnson and succeeded by Tony Banks. So, <laughs> Banks. Tony Banks. Tony Banks. There's one for you. Well, what's Tony Banks doing these days? That's a whole other week. <laughs> um man. Anyway, I don't know what Jeff George is doing now. Apparently, he's done some NFL Network stuff. and uh, He sucked at that, and they don't bring him back. Yeah. Dude, okay, what's next on the itinerary? I've had about enough Jeff George, that jerk, that I can handle for a day. That, that is it. That is it for the week. I don't think we've got anything else. Sweet. Then we want to say this. Dallas, Jeff George, cut! Dallas sucks. Dallas we sucks. Want Dallas. We want Dallas. We want Dallas. Man, I hate Dude, Dallas. Does I can't Dallas have a fight song. I don't know, but I'll tell you what Dallas does have: blue on non-matching blue on non-matching blue and silver uniforms that I can't bear to watch. They have a hole in the roof of their stadium that was there that they like to pretend is on purpose. You know who else has other weird blue colors? San Diego Chargers. San Diego Super Chargers. I seriously got to pack this stuff up and go home. I'm tired. All right, all right, dudes. Well. Here we are. Uh, it's Dallas Man. week. Okay. So you guys know what, what to do out there. Um, say it. It's your shot, Aaron. Oh, yeah. Hail to the Redskins, dudes. And when you're watching this game, before and after, hopefully, if you can. Um, no, when we win this game this weekend and you guys are so pumped up, make sure you call the hotline with your yeah. uh, thoughts. We'll call it right after the game. victory. And uh, we'll make a collection of all of us and everyone in Harry Hog Nation going. And, 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 if, and if God forbid there is a loss, uh, call it after that too, so we're not, you know, we're not feeling alone. Dude, if we lose, it's either going to be we get blown out or on some BS call by a dumb ref uh-huh. at the end of the game. I guarantee it. 
Anyway, as always, dudes, if you guys see a Cowboys fan this week before the game leading up to him and after the game... Joko! Joko! Sloppy 53rds.